This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Green Bay isn't a, you know, a huge vacation destination. People are coming here to play with me. Wow, that's Ooh. a lot of sound to unpack. This is the Rich Eisen Show with guest host Susie Schuster. He came in strong. The samurai bun is down. <laughs> Fatality. Earlier on the show, host of the Business Sports Podcast, Andrew Brandt. Los Angeles Angels manager, Joe Madden. Coming up, Houston Chronicle NFL columnist, John McClain. Plus, from the new film, The Suicide Squad, John Cena. And now, it's Susie Schuster. Happy Thursday, everybody. Susie Schuster in for Rich Eisen here on The Rich Eisen Show. Christopher Brockman, as always. Jason Feller in for Mike Del Tufo. And TJ Jefferson. Holler at your boy. I will holler at you, my friend. (laughs) But I won't yell at you. There's a difference, you know. True that. Okay, I'm just saying. Uh, John John McClain's going to call in right now. We're thrilled to have him from the Houston Chronicle. Because nothing's happening in Houston John, so we thought we'd just, you know, call you, you know, chat. Catch up. See what you had for breakfast. I'd be happy to talk about the only dual threat quarterback in the NFL who's throwing passes and lining up at safety. (laughs) (laughs) What in tarnation is happening in Houston, John? I feel like you're the only guy that can really break it down for us. Well, Deshaun Watson will never play another snap for the Texans. He wants to be traded. They want to trade him. They've been trying to trade him since March. But because of the 22 civil suits accusing him of sexual assault and misconduct, 10 complaints with the Houston Police Department and investigation, and an investigation by the NFL, it could turn out to be a full-season suspension, half a suspension, or no suspension. All that uncertainty, not to mention Watson's no-trade clause, Nobody's showing any interest right now. And at some point, maybe they will. So Watson reported to avoid the $50,000 a day fines. So they have him as the fourth quarterback on the practice field because they know he's not going to play for them. And as part of his role is to throw passes during the warm-ups to his receivers and then stand off to the sideline or behind the huddle. And then when they want to give some looks to some quarterbacks, they have guys go stand in the secondary in, like, two-deep coverage. So he stands there, twiddles his thumbs. He's had his cell phone. He can check his texts and Instagram. But uh, it's, it seems like a waste to me. He should be in the facility working out on his own as if he were injured. But he's on the field. It's a sideshow. Yesterday was the biggest circus-like atmosphere I've ever seen since the Oilers left town for Nashville. And then today... Most of the circus left town, and there were still a few of us around chronicling his every move. John McLean here from the Houston (laughs) Chronicle joining us here on the Rich Eisen Show. John, how is this going to affect the team and the chemistry of the team when they see him going through the motions like this? Well, first of all, David Culley, the new coach, Nick Serio, the new GM, said it's not a distraction, and it's not on the field. I've watched every pass. It's not like he's interfering. Davis Mills, the rookie, talked to him a little bit today, 
and some of the coaches talked to him, and a few of the players from last year have talked to him. With 50 new players, including 42 veterans, a lot of them don't know him unless it's from the Pro Bowl or when they played against him or with him in college. So it's a very awkward situation, a very strange situation, nothing like I've ever seen, and they'll just make the best of it. David Culley, the coach, said, we asked him, is this what we're going to see every day? He said, we're on a day-to-day and Nick Casario told us it's a day-to-day endeavor. Without saying it, that means it could change at any any point. Somebody steps up, makes them a good offer, he's gone. Who could make the offer, though, right now, John? Because why would anybody make an offer on a quarterback in which you well, don't know what the outcome will be? We don't know whether the commissioner could get involved, whether this could go criminal. There are so many civil suits. I mean, how would somebody and why would somebody make that overture with such an open-ended ending? Susie, the only thing I can think of is if there's a team and they say, okay, we'll make this deal. We will absorb the criticism that comes with trading for a player with all these legal issues over his head, but at some point, whether it's it's 21 or 22, it'll be behind him. And when it is, he's a great quarterback. He played great last year. Watson was outstanding. It didn't translate into victories. It wasn't his fault. The defense was awful. 30th overall, 32nd against the run. They couldn't run the ball. 31st in rushing. But he was tremendous. And I'm guessing a team would do it with the idea we might just write off 2021. And if we get him this year, that's great. And we're looking more for 2022. If you were to make an offer now when nothing is resolved, I'm guessing it would be a lot cheaper than if it went to, say, before next year's draft and he had everything behind him and a bunch of teams interested in acquiring him. I mean, you make an incredibly great point, salient point there. I just go back to the circumstances of 22 to 23. You know, I I don't know anybody who has 22 to 23 different people. I mean, I've covered sports for 20-something years, and usually athletes have one or two people. That is it, that they'll let touch them. And it's just, it's, there are so many questions here, John, that I just can't imagine being the team that would take the chance, even if it was financially palatable. Susie, it's 22 is unprecedented, of course. There's never been any situation like this in NFL history. And But Deshaun is a great player. He's 20, 26 years old. He's under contract through 2025, very popular with his teammates. But if you read those civil suits, and I've read every word of all of them. There are disturbing accusations in there. Those accusers deserve to be heard, just like he's innocent until proven guilty. And so far, we don't think they're any closer to a resolution now than they were three months ago. This story's not going anywhere, John. No, it sure isn't. While he's getting all the attention and while that's been the focus, you wrote about running backs and receivers who aren't getting the the attention down there. What are you seeing? Well, nobody's getting attention here but Watson. It's almost like, oh, there are other players out here before training camp and before Watson reported to save the 50,000 a day fines. Everything was about Davis Mills. Terod Taylor is the starter. 
David Mills is Davis Mills, their first draft choice in third round. And at some point this season, they've got to see him extensively because if he makes them believe he can be the quarterback, it changes next year's draft. If he doesn't, they got to get a quarterback with the first pick could be first overall. They're going to run the ball a whole lot more to take the pressure off the defense, take the pressure off Tawad Taylor. They've they've got four veterans, three are new, and that's David Culley's philosophy, and that's Nick Casario's philosophy. John McClain from the Houston Chronicle, we appreciate your time. And Chris, you got a question? Yeah, John, NBA draft tonight. What's Houston going to do at number two? Well, I think they would love to have Kate Cunningham. We've watched him at Oklahoma State last year, and he's good in everything. He's not like right away superstar can't miss like, say, Zion was, but he can do everything. I'm sure that the Rockets would love to pull somebody else. But I think our our longtime NBA Rockets writer, Jonathan Fagan, has had Jalen Green in all of his mocks, and if he says it, it's good enough for me. (laughs) Yeah, Jalen Green's kind of an interesting guy, played in the G League last year uh, and kind of rising up up draft boards. Uh, Where does he fit in with you guys if he does go to Houston at number two? Well, first of all, they have two more number ones. They haven't had a number one pick here since 2015. So we don't know how to act. We don't know <laughs> that you're supposed to tune into the first round. Well, Daryl was making too many moves. Round. That's exactly right. And now you got to be watching up the top. That's like I say about the Texans. You're going to be bad. Be all the way bad. Get the top pick. Now, the Rockets were the worst team. They ended up with a second pick. I think they look at him as a shooting guard who can tip, penetrate. He can shoot anywhere on the floor. They considered him Mobley, but they – Man, they got Christian Wood, and they thought about Jalen Suggs, but I think they like Green. They'd love to have Cunningham. I think any team would. He'll be an instant starter unless they've made a huge mistake. Yeah, you mentioned all the draft picks you guys got. A lot of people, a lot of experts are expecting a lot of trades tonight. Is Houston going to package some of these and, and get a veteran, or do you see anything like that on the table? There's been a lot of speculation about trading Eric Gordon and those two picks in the 20s to the Pacers and getting the Pacers' other pick in the first round. Mm. And then I don't know what they would do with it. But, you know, three rookies are not going to make what's a young team already. So I'm all for trading those picks for a higher one and then taking your chances and have two rookies Mm. instead of three. John, you were speaking Rich's language, by the way, when I talked about bombing. If you're going to bomb, just bomb out. That's how he feels about the Jets. But look what (laughs) happened again. (laughs) <laughs> well, Rich ought to be used to it because it happens to the Jets all the time, and so far they haven't been able to do it. And maybe Zach Wilson will be the second-best quarterback in franchise history. It's too bad that the Jets uh, couldn't have traded that second overall pick to the Texans to take Deshaun Watson because he would have been the second-best quarterback in franchise history. John, you've covered this league for a long time, speaking of the NFL. What are your top storylines as we get ready for another season? Uh, the COVID-19 and the variants and the, and the nincompoops that won't get vaccinated, it just blows me away. I just don't understand it. We're sitting here at the Houston Medical Center with the top medical people in the country telling us to do it. It took me nine seconds to get two vaccinations. And I thank God when I was in the first grade and polio was causing a big problem around the country. They made us get vaccinations and we didn't complain. Our parents didn't complain and basically wiped it out. But I think it's going to have a profound effect on the NFL this season, considering if you cause a problem 
and you forfeit. And if you miss the playoffs by one game or home field advantage because you were too ignorant or stupid or both to get the vaccination, you've let down yourself, your team, your fans, and the organization, and I think it's just horrible. Yeah, the league came out today with some numbers. Looks like 88% of the players have at least had one shot. There's a few teams over 95%. Where is Houston uh, on that list, where are they in terms of uh, team uh, vaccination? They were at 80% a couple okay. of weeks ago. We asked Nick Casario yesterday. He wouldn't say where they are. He said they made improvement and they're happy with it and praised his players. But he wouldn't tell us anything, but he never tells us anything. <laughs> he wouldn't tell us that Sean Watson was about to walk on the field when we all saw it with our own eyes <laughs> when he talked to us before practice. Michael Irvin actually said it very well this week. He said, if you really want to win, get vaccinated. And he actually like challenged that. people. I like that. The playmaker, that may be the smartest thing he's ever said. Well, he said it, and he followed up with it on NFL.com. Anybody can check that out as well. But, John, thank you for your time. We so appreciate it. Stay safe down there and throw that mask on. Susie, thank you very much. And please give Rich my best. Thank you. I sure will. Thanks, John. John McClain from the Houston Chronicle. Great having him on. He's a man who doesn't mince words, Chris. Not at all. He does not. He is Texas through and through, and uh, definitely always appreciate his candor when he comes on. I mean, he knows the Houston area and everything that's going on uh, better than better than everyone else. I mean, I know he's joking, but Deshaun Watson in New York. I have no idea what's going to happen there. It's certainly bizarre, like he said. He's out there just standing around. Checking his phone. I'm here. I'm here so I don't get fined like Marshawn Lynch. It's like so It's a weird. team sport. He is the leader of the team. He's, the, he's their best player. It bleeds it's down. Yeah, exactly. You're telling me rookies are standing there watching him and they think they have to work hard or even some of the veterans are watching him and, and this is the reaction. He's absolutely right. Go inside, lift weights, run on a treadmill, but to stand around and look at your phone, not a good look. I mean, yeah, look, you don't want to pay the 50K to be absent, I totally understand that, so show up. But, like, you don't need to be out there. You don't need to be setting this bad example for everyone else. Yeah, they have a rookie head coach. You think he wants to be dealing with this? Absolutely not. It's embarrassing all around. It's not It's not a good look. It's not a happy Thursday, It's Chris. not a happy Thursday. It does <laughs> it's not, not a happy Thursday. fit with the theme of happy Thursday. No. You know what does? John Cena. John Cena. John Cena. John Cena, everybody. What says happy more than John Cena? And also TJ Jefferson, because he's happy with that. A wrestler's going to be on the Rejoicing <laughs> Show. So let's take a break. And when we come back, there he is, John Cena. Big, bigger than life on the Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices make sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase. So all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time. 
Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Visit GameTime.co for restrictions. Again, create an account, redeem my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Hey, folks, it's time for the NFL Draft, which means for me, I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, Just not myself. You know the deal. You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So sleep number helps me. My sleep number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. Improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. During the filming of The Outsiders, you turned 18 and the other boys in the cast pranked you by trashing your hotel room by saran wrapping the toilet and spraying fire extinguishers into the room. Is that a true story? Absolutely true. It was like, that was my college experience. I was uh, turning 18. It would have been the equivalent of going away from home for the first time. And that's my fraternity. Those guys are my frat brothers. What a shot into that the, into this seven day. across, man. Jeez, yeah. look at that. It's a good group. Look how tough Tom Cruise is trying to look in that photo. <laughs> Dude, Tom Cruise was such a baller. He was, he was, he was probably my, one of my closest friends and he was so great. And he, I always looked up to him and he always had these cool things that he would come up with. And I remember he, he was the first guy that ever came up with this conceit of tightening the titles of the movies he was in to make him sound badass. Like, like he did this, you know, the football movie, All the Right Moves. Yeah. But yeah, man, when I was making moves, I, uh, and I was like, he's That's a badass. Baller. baller. It's so baller. But then, you know, it was a problem when he'd be like, yeah, when I was making cocktail, it was kind of a, you know, and I, was, I, I liked. No. The other one's no good either. He's long. Yeah, when I was in tail. When I was in tail, you can't do it either way. Can't do it either way. Yeah. It's no good. When I was making. So you'd, you'd go like wing? Is that what you do when you did TV? Right, no, when, when I was doing wing? West. When you were in West. You know, Mar- when, when, uh, when Marty Sheen and I were doing West. Um, you know, on the set of Boy, me and yeah, Chris Farley. No, yeah, on the set of Boy, um, in Oxford Blues sets up uh, just blues. See, it's important to choose. If you choose the wrong one, it's not as good. It, there's it's, always one that's cooler. There. Like, which is, like, like when I was doing recreation. Yeah. Doesn't, but if I'm doing no. parks. Right. Instead of parks. You're using parks. Yeah, man, Amy Poehler and I in parks, we laughed all the time. <laughs> on parks. On the set of Wayne, I was just, you know. And by Wayne. the way, you want to talk about Tom Cruise, too. This was the fact that blew our minds when the last uh, Mission Impossible came out and he was running all oh, over amazing. London. Right? Those are the like best a, movies ever. Unlike a broken, a broken ankle that had just amazing. healed or whatever, is that he was, he is right now the age in these movies doing this that Wilford Brimley was during Cocoon. That's a fact. That is. That's boom, like mind blowing. That's it's mind blowing. It's, it, 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 it's I don't, and I don't know what it is. What makes it mind blowing is that that Tom Cruise is doing that at that age, or Wilford Brimley was really that young in Cocoon. I did a movie with Wilford Brimley. He was the first great character actor I ever worked with. It was a movie called Hotel New Hampshire. What are so, we doing on that one? So when you did Hampshire, Hampshire? no, no, no. When I was doing Hampshire. Lane. Hampshire? 
It's better than hotel. No. When you did hotel. How about just when I was doing new? When you did new. Right? When I was doing new. <laughs> Damn. When I was working on new with Brimley. Welcome back to the Rich Eisen Show. Susie Schuster in for Rich Eisen. It's been a great week so far. Earlier this week, though, Rich had time to sit down with John Cena from the Suicide Squad. Let's take a listen. He's one of the stars of the Suicide Squad, which is available in a theater near you and also exclusively streaming on HBO Max Friday, August 6th. He is back here on the Rich Eisen Show. John Cena. How are you, John? Rich, I'm good, man. Good to talk to you. Good to be back. So these are questions that I never thought I would ask somebody. So you get to keep the costume because so, I, you're you're wearing you're wearing, you're wearing the peacemaker uh, I am, outfit, I am, and it's technically not mine, but I'm okay. wearing. So what are they going to do? Take it off of me? So as long as I stay in it, I got it. So I've okay. I haven't, I haven't changed my clothes in a while. It's been about a couple of years now, but at least I still have a superhero outfit. It's true. So you got that going for you, and the gloves too. You got the full yeah. on, the full on thing. Yeah, I'm making peace over here, man. I'm just making peace over here. You know what? That's just you. You only know one speed, I guess, <laughs> and that's that's to make peace. To make that peace. Yep. How, how fun is this for you? Looks like you're having a blast, man. It is. It's a blast. The movie's fun. Promotion is fun. Uh, you know, we got we got a great group of folks. It's like it's very much like being on a winning team that has found that groove and that, that clubhouse atmosphere. It's that's, that's where we're at in this one. Right. And so what did you enjoy about playing this role, John, compared to other ones? Uh, I could, it, it's, uh, it's an R rated movie. So it is gory and it's a crazy ride all over the place, but it is lighthearted and you can swing big and you can, you can play fast and loose. And uh, obviously James, James Gunn has an amazing um, visionary mind. And, you know, like I, I, once again, a sports reference, we got a good team with a great coach okay. and, a, and, a, and a bunch of great rapport. So we're in a good spot. So not for the Ferdinand crowd. My, my daughter shouldn't uh, check this one. Uh, you know, not yet. Not yet. Just okay. stick her, stay a little bit of a holding pattern and then you're okay. on. Yes. Okay. Different type of goring is what you're saying? A little bit. Yes. A little bit of a different goring. Okay, John Cena here on the Rich Eisen Show. Did you ever try football in your life? Did you ever try and play? I did, and man, I wasn't any good at it. I uh, I played a few years in, in high school. I went on to play in college. Uh, I played um, Division three for Springfield College. Okay, and what's your biggest moment of glory, Division three football at Springfield College? Well, I know I know you're very well-versed in the matters of sport, so you know that Division three football isn't real football. It's almost like... Um, Four on four. Uh, I, I don't know if there's even barely contact. We we had cardboard uniforms. My helmet was made of lead paint. Um, I walked up <laughs> ways to practice. Uh, no, honestly, it was a uh, it was literally the the bonds I made uh, playing. I actually still keep in track or still keep touch with a lot of uh, my teammates. And you know, we we had some bad seasons. We had some really good seasons. And I think in that four year journey, it was literally just the camaraderie developed. So did you? What did you play? What I played offensive line. Yeah. Line. yeah. Everybody always asks me, like, man, why did you play linebacker or like a fullback or something? Well, you have to actually be good at football. Not to say that offensive linemen aren't good at football. They're very skilled. But I was strong and I could run a little bit. So I was just the type of athlete that was like, hey, 
go here and hit a guy in a different color shirt. And I was okay with that. So it's like the blind. I'm, okay. So, so you were left tackle. You were protecting. No, 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 it's the center. They, they let center. me handle balls, Rich. I handled balls for a long time. I handled <laughs> balls and had a gentleman's hands in, in my, in my personal space. Yes, that's why you're wearing gloves right now. So, right. Um, so, um, but center, I mean, that's like, you got to have brains to play that position. Like uh, That's not true. And I'm living proof of that. <laughs> so there goes that hypothesis oh my gosh uh we we ran a, we ran like an air force type uh option or like a navy type triple option so okay. offensive linemen were um we were we pride ourselves on being fast getting the second level stuff and uh right. you know we, we didn't have to be 300 pounds and six foot five so do you have a football team now john do you root for one team no i kind of i kind of follow tom brady because he's kind of following me Okay. You know, I'm from New England. Then he goes to New England and wins a bunch of championships. Then I moved to Tampa and he just so happens to mosey on down to Tampa. And now he's trying to get his own thing started over there. So I follow him just because it's like we're both stalking each other. At least that's the story I tell myself. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is, this is kind of, you know, weird, but um, it is. I'd say it's weird. I would say it's completely flattering. I mean, <laughs> my visions of him peering into my bedroom window at night, they're all, they're all, you know, they're all high praise. Understood. So, so he's, he, you, you were in New England first and then you were in Tampa first. I'm not going to say that. I'm going to let you say that. Okay. And that's, now that's actually Brady's not a got bad guy. I mean, it is amazing how many championships that guy has and how really, long, you know, and, and it is such a team game. You need a lot of, a lot of things to go right that aren't in your control to do well. And I just, uh, I really admire his dedication to wanting to, to win and to just push himself to the max and creating a good team environment. And I think, um, I can only speculate that he's bestowing that wisdom upon any team he comes, you know, he's a part of, which, which is why he's so sustainable in a, in a league with such a short lifespan. He really is a, a bit of an anomaly. No doubt. John Cena here on the Rich Eisen show again, the suicide squad, Warner brothers, the suicide squad available in theaters near you. And also exclusively on HBO max Friday, August 6th, the reaction you got when you jumped in the ring with Roman Reigns, John, was remarkable what was that like to you when you you know when the music sting hits and you hear the reaction at money in the bank as you heard in Fort Worth I'm not used to that usually the arenas half of the people or more are telling me that I suck and half of the people are saying let's go Cena so I was kind of expecting that I mean I've been you know curtailing off my number of performances for the WWE for the last few years now, because I've been filming all these projects, but I didn't expect the shift to be that much. And I, I, I think that's because it was a genuine surprise. You know, I showed up on the next day on Monday night raw and they, they were still very excited, but like a bunch of chants started. Some people were chanting, welcome back. And some people were chanting, let's go Cena. And some people were chanting Cena sucks, but like they knew I was, going to be there so i think the thing i hold closest about that money in the bank appearance is in this day and age trying to orchestrate some sort of real genuine surprise is so very rare and it was it was a genuine moment of everybody was excited and that led me to be really excited yeah how, how long in advance was that planned did you did you have- uh, you know that's that's level specific classified information <laughs> <laughs> i will say that it was not planned day of so okay 
So, and so um, SummerSlam is definitely in the cards for you to see one more time. That's going to happen. That's, uh, that's not up to me. That's up to the WWE Universal Champion, Roman Reigns. I went on Monday Night Raw and issued a challenge and kind of said like, hey, I'm here for this. But I can't just jump to the front of the line without the guy who holds the championship saying it's okay. So Friday on SmackDown, he's more than likely going to have some splaining to do or some, some things he'd like to say. And we'll go from there. So and I, this is pretty cool for you, John. Obviously, you know, um, you're, you're in some tentpole movies and then you're also doing what you're doing um, with the WWE and seeing the reaction. I mean, what are, what are your thoughts now that you're, you're at this point for your career and, and, and able to sort of straddle both lines here? It's know? exciting. I mean, even at my age, I'm walking around with a tentpole all the time. It's very exciting. I, you know, as soon as I said that word, I thought to myself, <laughs> I kind of opened my flank a little bit. But just, just making peace over here. Rich. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it's, it's great, man. It really is. To, and, and honestly, I'm, I'm at a, a stage in, in my life, both professionally and personally, where I'm enjoying everything. And, and I, I guess I'm more present and I'm more, uh, here and and i really do enjoy the whole process and i think when you're trying to establish yourself when you're trying to get that mojo going when you're trying to start a winning streak or trying to get a snowball rolling downhill you're always focused on what's next you're you're really hypersensitive about like i don't want to derail the the efforts and something's good now i'm just kind of rolling with it man and it's, it's really really fun and I, I get to i do i get to really take chances and and some hit and some don't and you know sometimes i put my foot in my mouth and sometimes I move on and that like it's it really is just fun well congrats on it man uh the suicide squad and theaters nationwide and streaming exclusively on hbo max friday august 6th you keep making peace john we need you on that wall yeah always a pleasure man right back at you that's john cena right here on the rich eisen show and you know he said something interesting which he downplayed he said that you don't have to be smart to be on the offensive line any reporter worth her snuff or his knows that the smartest guys are on the offensive line. That's who I would always go to when I would interview a team. I'd immediately find whoever it was, the inner three. Yeah. And that's who you have your conversation with. They always are the smartest guys. Yeah, problem is they don't like talking. No, but a lot of them, the, those are like the Harvard types. You know what I mean? Those well, are like, the guys. They usually have, you know, if you're get, if you're seen doing an interview, you get fined. Like the other linemen will find you. I've heard teams that have, you know, fine jars for the other linemen. But and they're also the biggest, strongest, and probably meanest but nicest players, right, on the team. Too. Yeah, absolutely. those are those are always the guys that are like 300 pounds, and then you see them after they retire, and they're <laughs> yeah. like a slim 190. <laughs> right. And you're like, wait a minute, what? They're running marathons. You're like, I thought you were 330. Right? No, not anymore. Ed Cunningham, who played for Washington uh, in college, I think he's still on ABC for the last, mm -hmm. like, 50 years. And he showed me his license once, and he had, like, Fu Manchu mustache and long, greasy hair, and his face took up the entire square. <laughs> and he's probably, like, you know, a slim 190. <laughs> It's a new category. A slim 190. A uh, little bit of silliness on a happy Thursday. Kyrie Irving. Let's just switch over to a little bit of crazy basketball stuff since it is the eve of the basketball draft. And this has absolutely nothing to do with the draft. So there you go. Kyrie Irving, my son Cooper, loves Kyrie. Mm -hmm. And he loves his sneakers. And for his 10th birthday, 
he got a pair of Kyrie's, and they are bananas. I mean, there's every color in the rainbow. It looks like Crayola melted on a hot day, and they slapped them on the side of a sneaker. <laughs> That's a good way to describe it. Thank you. <laughs> Kyrie not so happy with the new Kyrie coming out, Christopher. Yeah, you know, he, he took to Instagram yesterday because there were some images of the Kyrie 8s, I guess, coming out, and then... Uh, He's not happy about them, saying, I have nothing to do with the design or marketing of these. In my opinion, they're trash. Nike plans to re- release them without my okay, regardless of what I have to say. So I apologize in advance to all the sneakerheads and the true supporters of the KAI 11 brand. That's not going to move a sneaker. That is not, not going to help sneaker sales mm-hmm. for that Kyrie. That is not Man. going to move a sneaker. And by the way, that's a black and silver sneaker. That looks nothing like the old Kyrie. No, but I guess, you know, black and silver with the Brooklyn colors, I guess, I if, you're, it, if you're going that way. But, you know, knowing what we know about Kyrie, I guess if he's unhappy about something, he is not going to stay silent about it. Uh, he's going to let his feelings be known. And uh, he eventually gets his way. So I imagine that these will be redone to his liking. That's just my guess on how this plays out. That does go with transparent Thursday. It doesn't go with happy Thursday. It is not a happy Thursday. Just saying. We're all about the happiness. What else do we have going on today? What else do we talk about before Holly McPeak comes in at the end and well, just we quickly, talk about quickly, butt huggers? Quickly about Kyrie, and, th- and this is happy. Uh, he has a, a foundation, and he this foundation just built a solar water center mm-hmm. in Pakistan, providing over 1,000 villagers access to clean water, which obviously... We all support. That is awesome. No you know, doubt. Kyrie does do a lot of good that does not get any press. I think that's by design. He doesn't want to really publicize uh, the things that he does, like paying WNBA salaries during the pandemic, uh, taking care of underprivileged kids, paying for college, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, Kyrie takes a lot of heat for a lot of things. A lot of it's, you know, some of it is warranted, some of it's not, but he does do a lot of good. And uh, this is one of those things. Yep. Also, here's something. Uh, it seems like Peacock is now going to be available in the UK. I saw that. Really? So, hello, Gubna, to anyone wa- watching us over there, <laughs> to any that. of our <laughs> British fans. Fantastic. So that means that all of you in the UK can subscribe and take in the Rich Eisen show on a daily basis. We love it. It's actually, it's funny, as I sometimes look at Lou on Rich's Twitter, but don't read the comments or don't the read, trolls. Don't read the comments. <laughs> Bracelets. We can go back to that. Uh, <laughs> that was a comment on our Instagram post. It was Instagram. Oh, no, sorry. no, I think it was YouTube. <laughs> no, today. It oh, was no, really? About, yeah, the, po- the picture I posted. Apparently, um, and, I'll, and I'll, I'll backtrack for those of you who are just joining us here on Peacock or on the radio, Westwood, Sirius, wherever you find us here on the Rich Eisen Show. Odyssey I see for free. I don't do much social media. I don't have a good temperament. I tend to have a little bit of a uh, swear mentality, yeah. if you will. <laughs> You're a loose cannon. My daughter has a swear jar. Do you know that? Wait, is she cursing now? No, it's for me. Oh, <laughs> I, thought, I, thought, I thought she was. Well, the boys went to camp, and dummies, they left it out. And she, so smart. Inflation. Uh, the boys would charge me 50 cents for a swear. Okay. She charged a dollar. She goes a dollar. Yeah. <laughs> Top shelf tailorizing. Taylor's That's no right. Dummy. Now, do they? No does dummy. it get split? Is there revenue sharing in the Eisen household? Well, at first they said, "Well, we're going to use this to buy Robux." I said, "You will absolutely not use this for Robux." 
Roblox is the worst game. It's like the Caillou of video games. It's the worst. If you know it, you know it and you hate it because it's the worst. Did I, I mention it's I, the worst? I've, I've, I've Rich has mentioned it's the worst. I, I have some Robux shares, so let's let's call it the best. Do you really? Yeah. It's the worst. <laughs> you know, Susie, we kind of have our own personal swear jar here. At least I do. Okay. It's just with Brockman. Like, um, I realized, let's see this. I listen to a lot of hip hop and rap. And, you know, the thing is, there's a lot of the N-word thrown out. So a lot of times I'll just in casual conversation, I'll say it. And then I kind of realized, especially last summer, that I got to watch saying the word. So how do I prevent that from happening? I told Brockman, I'm like, look, bro, from now on, if you hear me say this word, I owe you a dollar. Mm -hmm. And so Brockman's been my own kind of personal tip jar whenever I say the word that I don't want anyone else to say. So I know I should. Yeah, we're just it's just holding 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 us accountable. And uh, and you have those ones, Chris. Sometimes, by the way, I mean, I mean, I could go to a place that accepts dollar bills and have a great time with with all the all the money you've paid. He's got a backpack full of ones. Is there just, a lot of money? I you'd have to ask him. He's, it was you know it was a pandemic last year. You know I kind of I was just keeping TJ accountable. That's all. <laughs> so there's at least tw- there's at least twenty five ones in the in the bag. See, my kids are allowed to take that money from the swear jar and go to CVT soft serve. Oh, oh, which is delicious, by the way, and uh, very anti-social media. So that's good too. And so they can take the money. And I think Taylor has earned herself at least three weeks of ice cream so far this summer. It's been great. (laughs) So uh, it's kind of great. All right, Holly McPeak is going to call in after this. We're going to take a quick break. The three-time Olympian will call in. And we'll tell TJ how uh, she feels about the butt huggers. <laughs> After this. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott, or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch, find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. How did you get into uh, beach volleyball? How did you yeah. get into that to begin with? You know, I grew up in Santa Cruz. Okay. Um, I went to Stanford playing indoor volleyball my whole entire life from when I was a baby in Santa Cruz till I was at Stanford. I avoided beach volleyball because I looked like an idiot. Like I was so ashamed of my skills. I felt good indoor. Um, but I played in the indoor Olympics in 2000 mm-hmm. and then I didn't want to go play in Europe. And so Misty May trainer, Misty May at the time, yes. was looking for a new partner. Mm-hmm. She was my idol. And I said, I might as well put my ego in check and go give it a tryout. And that one tryout changed my life. I met my future husband that day and I met my future partner who Come would on. change, I swear to God. So who's the best athlete that's not technically a beach volleyballer that you've been around who's tried it and who could be really damn good at it? Oh. 
Have you ever been Man. around like another basketball player or somebody else? I mean, well, here been... in the South Bay, you know, Luke Walton plays a lot. Um, the Blake head coach Griffin. of the Los Angeles yes. Lakers. What do you yeah, mean? He's they a smart, play? What do they, you mean? He loves a sport. So they're down. I don't know what street they play on, but they're playing all the time. We used like to pick, have like pickup. Yeah. Saying? I mean, no, they get their buddies out there. We used to have TNV Tuesday night volleyball and Luke TNV. would be out there. Pete Carroll would be out there and all of our friends, Richard Jefferson plays, you know, here in the South Bay. Okay. So, you know, all the NBA like when they retire, they should come out to our sport they and should. grace us because they're so physical, obviously. Well, so hold on a second. Pete Carroll was out there. Yeah, we'd play right in front of his house in Hermosa, and Glenna, his wife, would come out. Mm-hmm. Like it was just a good time. That was when my boys were young. I haven't done it in years. So, so. no kidding. So sunsetting. Yes. You're, oh, you're out glorious. there in Hermosa, yeah. glistening over the Pacific Ocean, yeah. oh, pardon me. And then all of a sudden, Pete Carroll's wife comes out with some, <laughs> like, some. We played six on six. She was back row, uh-huh. superstar. Mm-hmm. She's really good about the mindset and the enthusiasm. Um, yeah, and we'd have like these special, it always felt like there was a celebrity athlete guest. <laughs> you know, we had some track stars come out. and Right. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Our sport is for everyone, you know. But I really do like when the ball, basketballers come out and play. I know that and like all the NHLers who live in the South Bay and the Kings, they love our sport too. Right. It's like the ultimate cross-training plus the ultimate lifestyle. Right. You know. And it's a blast. It's a blast. We need to get you out there. I would. Well, I just don't know if I have the the hops. Well, then you Carrie. just have to be craftier. Well, I mean, there's I mean, always workarounds. How can I be craftier? Is it a? Well, you might get my service game going or something. If like you got that, a good or? serve, I mean, just like with anything, if you have the fundamentals down, so you need good ball control. If okay. you have good ball control, then you can just be a ninja and place the ball. Mm-hmm. If you have a good serve, that's mm-hmm. a good start. Okay, but you just got to be able to pass the ball. What if I'm my best at, part of my game is rotating? <laughs> the substitution part? Yes. Like well, I'm already noticing some chink in the game. armor with this attitude we got going on yeah. right now because right now you're already defeated. So I will have you coach and commentate, but not play. Welcome back to the Rich Eisen Show. Susie Schuster in for Rich Eisen. It's the 96 Effect. Stream the Peacock original, the 96 Effect. This three-part series showcases the American women who carried the country to victory in gymnastics, softball, basketball, and soccer in the 96 Olympics. Don't miss the 96 effect. It's streaming now only on Peacock. Sign up at PeacockTV.com to get started. We have a three-time Olympian calling in right now, Holly McPeak. She played in 96 in the Olympics. Holly, thank you so much for calling in. I know you ran right off the beach to get here. I did. Thanks for having me. Totally appreciate it. I wanted you to come on. Because there's been controversy this week with the Norwegian beach handball team. And they were complaining about what the women were wearing. And they said that it was uncomfortable and that they didn't like uh, the the onus and the focus being on their bodies when they were playing. And I thought to myself, well, I know Gabrielle Reese. I, I want to figure out whether she feels the same way about beach volleyball. And Gabby connected the dots to you. I was so grateful that you were able to take the time so I need the definitive answer. Are those bathing suits that you're playing in beach volleyball comfortable or uncomfortable? So you can't just say bathing suits because there's different cuts of bathing suits. There is definitely a comfortable suit that you want to compete in for beach volleyball. I've played my entire life, and that is actually a bathing suit is the most comfortable thing that I would choose to play on any day of the week. There's a lot of different reasons for that. One, it's non-binding. And and one of the biggest factors is sand. Think about where sand goes. And if you're wearing bulky shorts, it's just, it's uncomfortable. 
Now, the one time I don't like to wear um, a bathing suit is when it's really cold. And I want to be allowed to wear long leggings to keep warm. But now for beach volleyball, if the weather is a certain, uh, you know, degree, um, you can wear those. But I think beach, I think for handball, I think they need to be more flexible. I think tight shorts would be fine. And it would take away the, you know, whatever controversy they're talking about. How do you feel about the controversy? I'm just curious from your perspective as a three-time Olympian. Well, I think the athlete should have the choice. I say, hey, here are the choices. You can wear um, tight biker shorts, a bathing suit, or leggings. I think they should have the choice. I think there should be an official Olympic uniform. When I first started playing, they mandated that we wore swimsuits. And for different reasons from different countries, they're like, no, there was a lot of pushback. And they said, okay, well, if you're both wearing this, you, you know, you can both wear leggings or you can both wear bike shorts. So we have the choice. And the honest truth is if the suit fits right, that's the most comfortable thing to play beach volleyball in. I'm not sure for handball. There's a lot of physical contact in handball. It's a big physical sport. Maybe you don't want a bathing suit. Um, and I'll tell you one thing you don't want. You don't want a uniform that's moving places where it shouldn't be. You know, <laughs> you want something that's going to stay fit and, and not move. So fit is really the most important thing here. I think this is incredibly eye-opening. And for somebody who doesn't play the sport, I always like to go to somebody who actually does rather than just sit here behind a desk and opine about it. It's much better to go to somebody who actually experiences it. Yeah. I mean, I, I've, you know, played for a long time and it's definitely the most comfortable thing to play in. And I, I mean, even playing in leggings is uncomfortable because once you dive, there's sand in your leggings and there's sweat and sand. It's not good. Um, so it's just really the most convenient thing for the sport. And it helps you, you know, if you're comfortable in it, it helps you perform at the highest level. Before we let you go, I want to ask you about Simone Biles. I'm curious to get your opinion because you understand the pressure of the Olympic spotlight. Some people think that the pressure is there for her because Olympians tend to go away except for the every four years. What are your impressions on Simone and the pressure that she's under right now? Oh, it's I've been following it. She's under tremendous pressure. And the fact that she is distracted and not able to keep her focus when she's flipping that many times in the air, it's so dangerous. And I, I think the decision she made is courageous. I mean, yeah, there's a ton of pressure on every Olympic athlete. But in her specific sport, there's a danger. There is a danger to getting hurt. If, if you fall apart and you're out there playing volleyball, yeah, it's embarrassing and you don't have the effect. But are you going to get hurt? Probably not. In her situation, with her brain not right in terms of focusing and being able to stay in the game, that is a really dangerous thing. And I think she made the right decision. Three-time Olympian Holly McPeak joining us here on the Ridge Eisen Show. What's your favorite Olympic moment? This is Happy Thursday. It's been a very heavy week with all the okay. Simone work and uh, conversation. So we want to go happy to close out the show today. Yeah, no, I love that. I mean, for me, I, I had a lot of heartbreak. I'm going to start with heartbreak and end happy. Um, because in 96, I had an injured partner. In 2000, I had an injured partner. And, and that affects your outcome. And it, this is something you dream about. You dream about competing in the Olympics and playing your best. But in 2004, I was able to go with a healthy partner and finish on the Olympic podium. And that was just a dream come true. It wasn't gold. Carrie Walsh and Misty May 
at that time became the best team in the world. But it was, I was on the podium with five of my best friends from all over the world, and it was a moment that I'll never forget. Taking home the bronze in 2004, what was that like? Because what you just said is exactly what everyone out there who's a naysayer has to hear. Yeah. You were it, there, and we weren't. What was that like? It was amazing. I mean, obviously, you're playing in front of the world. You want to have your best performance, but everybody else, you know, wants to have that performance, too. Um, and I had been there twice, and I was heartbroken. And I just kept picking myself back up and saying, I'm not going away until I get a medal on my neck. I actually wore a necklace around my neck um, during that whole quad that had a circle on it. And it represented the medal that I, you know, had eluded me. And it was just my goal, and we were able to achieve that goal. And it was, you know, it was something I'll never forget. You know, one, the perseverance that it took after, you know, 12 years of playing at the international level, but ending on that podium, it, it happened in the blink of an eye, but it was a moment that it just gives me goosebumps. Holly, I am so grateful for your time. Thanks again for running off the beach to call, and we really appreciate it. My pleasure. I hope I could help. You sure did. Holly McPeak, thanks again for calling in. Three-time Olympian. And all, by the way, breaking news. The bathing suits are comfortable. And they're not bathing suits. I think she let me know that those Mm -hmm. they're not really bathing suits. They look like a bathing suit to me, but I don't play the game, so I didn't know. And I just learned something, TJ. Definitely. So I think you're okay. We're not going to see any big changes coming, at least in women's volleyball. Ah, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> TJ, if I've done nothing in the last four days, if I've done nothing for you in the last four days besides apparently tell people that I'm crazy because social media thinks I wear too many bracelets, at least I've secured the reason why you watch women's beach volleyball. Yeah, so I mean, you're welcome. For the fiblets. You're welcome. So, you know, little fiblets is, you know, a little bit of Stop cheek it. that sticks out under, and, you know, that's fiblet. So. You're making Chris nervous. <laughs> <laughs> You're, I mean, I watch for the athleticism. I watch for the grace. I watch for the domination of the uh, Americans. Absolutely. It's, it's a very awesome, fun sport to watch. Two-on-two volleyball is so hard. Intense. It's so intense. It's so difficult. I can't imagine... Being out there and, and doing that, like, man, big and, ups, big ups to these ladies. They're and also, incredible, Chris. You know, not to be funny, I'm being dead serious. Like, when we're talking about these athletes' bodies, when you yeah. watch the, I mean, these are bodies that are built for oh. power and speed. Like, I'm friends with Lindsey Vaughn, and once she just one day I was like, I just have to, and she goes, Go ahead, and she made a bicep, and I was just like, Yeah, you're bam. This is just, it was just like. You are nothing. You are just a ball of muscle. Like, and that's what it takes to become a top level Olympian. Like they're, they're built for power and speed and function. And And I'm going to tell you right now, and she's unbelievable. And can you please get her in the next time I'm here? Because I love her. Who, Lindsay? Yeah, please. (laughs) If she's not in the right mental space. Oh yeah. Skiing down a hill that fast. Like you're taking your... She's had some pretty bad wrecks. Yes, she right. has. And um, wrecks. Yeah, and that's what they are. They're wrecks. And Holly McPeak just said it. She can be embarrassed out there, but she's not going to hurt herself. Right. You just brought up a great point yeah. as we button this show on a Thursday. Happy Thursday. Happy on a Thursday. happy Thursday. Happy, happy Thursday. Thursday. Let me let me make this happier. Thank you for making that great point. That's a great point, TJ, because you just <laughs> cemented the point we've been making all week, which is. 
Take care of yourself, people. Gotta be in the right frame yeah. of mind. Like Marshawn Lynch said, man, take care of your mentals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And your take chickens. Take care of your mentals. And your chickens. <laughs> yeah, take care of your mentals. Hey, if hey. you want to see the show. <laughs> hey, everybody. Hey. Hey. <laughs> hey, everybody. Uh, if you want to watch this show again, go to Peacock. If you want to watch Rich on Tokyo Gold, go to Peacock. Who's stopping you? That's what no. I say on a happy Thursday. Nobody. Who's Nobody. stopping you? Nobody's stopping you. I'm, right. I keep pointing the pen at the camera. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what you're doing with the pen. <laughs> All right, we got Take a couple minutes left. We got one call that's been hanging on for a while. Let's just get it going out the door on a happy Thursday. Michael, how you doing, brother? Want to talk 49ers? I do. Uh, good morning. Hi, Susie. Hi uh, to the posse. What's happening? Thanks for hanging on. Okay, so, uh, yeah, I want to talk 49ers because I think they're locked and loaded as long as they stay healthy. And I want to get your opinion on, um, I think they could do the playoffs, uh, Super Bowl, you know, injuries. That's the key word. So that's my issue on that. And then I have a semi-personal question. Um, Susie, how do you put up with Rich? (laughs) (laughs) Is it like a glass of red wine? So, Michael, uh, Michael, here... Michael, here, just between, and, between you and, and me. My, my last thing, my last thing is, I'm, a, uh, I'm a, in the medical profession. I've worked with uh, IndyCar and Formula One on the medical team, but uh, these days I'm doing uh, photography for uh, IndyCar. And your thoughts on like Jimmy Johnson just, you know, is doing his thing in IndyCar now, and IndyCar is on the uprise as far as uh, sponsorship, um, car count, and. Uh, NASCAR is kind of on the way down, so I'm kind of interested. If you, I know it's, you're not more of a motorsports television coverage, but just your thoughts on that. And uh, have a good weekend. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks, for the Michael. Call. Be well. I don't know anything about motorsports. How about that? Formula <laughs> One is one race super on the rise. Formula One is so popular now in the United States. It's and, massive. Uh, it's going through the roof. But let's get to the really crux of Michael's call here. <laughs> Michael, between you and me. How do you put and, up and with the two of us right here? Ready, Michael? <laughs> Michael, I pour him a glass of red wine this big. That's how I put up with the Rich Eisen. Country club pour. Country club pour. Yeah. Sometimes, too. Sometimes, too. I'm just saying. Just saying. Do you know, I say this all the time. What is, it, what is that? It, the show? Multipachano? What, what yeah. He likes a multipachano. He does. Nice. He likes He likes any Italian big wines, but he loves a multipachano. Yeah, a big cab. I yeah. say this as we close out the show. He brought up Blazing Saddles, the mm. sheriff, who's my favorite character in every any movie in the whole world. There is a pivotal scene when the sheriff leaves. It's right after 15's My Limit on Schnitz and Gruben. <laughs> and Lily von Stupp leans against the door, and you know what she says? She says, what a nice guy. What a nice guy. That's Rich Eisen, so he puts up with me. <laughs> I'm exhausting. Well, you wear 10 bracelets. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just give you a little insight. I don't know why I like that so much. <laughs> Let me tell you some insight. He puts up with me. I'm exhausting. That said, it's been great being with you hey, guys great this week. Job. Happy great Thursday, job. everybody. Happy Thursday, everybody. Happy Thursday. Loved being here. Can't wait to... Slip him a Mickey and come back again. (laughs) Take care, everybody.